Hello and welcome to the adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair. Episode 7, The Girl in Brown. There's someone in the cloakroom. Yes. Darling, get me that gun. Top drawer of the desk. Thanks. Now stand over there, Steve, near the door. Do you mind coming out of the cloakroom? I said, do you mind coming out of the cloakroom? Not at all, Mr. Temple. Inspector Crane. So you've arrived at last. Yes. Ah. I see you've cut your hand. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, it's nothing. I, I've, I've just been bathing it. I'm afraid I've been using your cloakroom. Uh, I hope you don't mind. No, of course not. But what happened tonight? What was this girl doing here? You might well ask. I went to Luigi's, but you had just left, so I came on here. But I can't understand why you didn't get here before me. Oh, uh, Steve. Steve. It's all right, darling. I, I just feel faint, that's all. It, it was such a shock just now, and I saw that girl. Steve, my dear. Now, Temple, she's fainting. Oh. Okay, help me get into the drawing room, yes, Crane. Yes, yes, of course. Our chaps will be here soon. She'd be better out, out of here. Honestly, Paul, you'll go back to the inspector. There's a lot of things you've got to do. Well, who's that, I wonder? Well, it must be the inspector. No, I shouldn't think he... He's come in. Oh, hello, Ricky. Oh, excuse the interruption, please. Oh, so you got back all right. Uh, yes, sir, I was lucky. I find taxi as soon as garage man arrived. He is repairing your car now, sir. Oh, good. You... Do not look well, Mrs. Temple. No, she isn't, Ricky. She fainted a few minutes ago. Oh, oh, so sorry. So sorry. Uh, is young lady still here, sir? Yeah, she's still here. Oh, what is it, Mr. Temple? Has something happened to young lady? You tell him, Steve. I must get back to Crane. Yes, all right, Paul. You're sure you're okay now? Yes, I feel fine. How is Mrs. Temple? Oh, she's much better now. Now, tell me what happened, so far as you're concerned. Well, when I missed you at Luigi's, I decided to come along here. I was approaching the house when I suddenly heard a shot. And a moment or two later, someone came running down the fire escape. I think whoever it was must have spotted me first, because they made a beeline for the gate at the rear of the house. Was it a man or a woman? I'm pretty sure it was a man... Better be truthful, Temple. I'm not a hundred percent certain. Go on. 
I didn't know what to do, whether to give chase or not. Finally, I climbed in through the study window. It was open? Yes. Well, that's how the murderer got onto the fire escape. Mm. Was the girl already dead when you entered the study? Yes. Then what happened? I gave the alarm and went into the cloakroom. Incidentally, our people should be here by now. They're taking a hell of a time. You went into the cloakroom because you'd hurt your hand? Yes. I slipped, uh, climbing through the window, and broke the glass vase on your desk. I'm sorry, Temple. No, it's all right. I suppose you recognized the girl when you saw her? Yes, it's the girl I told you about, the one who followed my wife from Marshall House Terrace, the girl in brown. Ah, yes. Did you know that she was here, waiting for you? Yes, of course. That's why I left Luigi's. Ricky turned up at Luigi's and told me that she particularly wanted to see me. I made up my mind... Lord, I quite forgot. I've got Dr. Kahima waiting for me downstairs. Dr. Kahima? Yes, he gave me a lift home in a taxi. I had trouble with my car. You must excuse me. Oh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, Mrs. Temple, tell me about young lady, sir. It is most distressing. Oh, uh, you're Ricky. Yes, of course. Uh, come here, young man. I'd rather like to have a word with you. This is Inspector Crane, Ricky. Now, it appears from what I can gather that you were the last person to see this young lady alive, Ricky. Uh, correction, please. What's that? A correction, sir. Not the last person. No? No. Then who was the last person? If you please, Mr. Crane. The murderer. I'm so sorry to keep you waiting, Dr. Kahima. That's quite all right, Mr. Temple. Driver, I want you to take me back to Luigi's and then on to an address in South Kensington. Very good, sir. We can talk on the way to Luigi's, Doctor, if you've no objection. Uh, no, by all means. I think you know why I wanted to see you, Mr. Temple. I think I can guess. I've made up my mind to tell you the truth, the whole truth. About Mrs. Trevelyan? Uh, yes, I don't quite know how to begin my story, Mr. Temple. All my life I've been listening to other people's, and now, for the first time, I'm at a loss. Well, when did you first meet Mrs. Trevelyan? Uh, several years ago, and I fell in love with her. She was a wonderful woman in those days, so gay, so full of life. She had a keen interest in psychology... And after a little while, I persuaded her to work for me as my private secretary. I see. She was such a marvelous person, Mr. Temple, and I had great confidence in her. And then one morning, I discovered... That she was passing information about your patients, confidential information, to someone else. Yes. I was horrified. I just didn't know what to do. And when I challenged her, she simply broke down and confessed. And then I heard the whole sordid story. She was being blackmailed into getting the information. Blackmailed by Alex. Tell me, is Mrs. Trevelyan a wealthy person? Why, no. Why do you ask? Well, I believe she paid Alex 3,000 pounds. I gave her that money, Mr. Temple. You did? I had to. There was no alternative. You could have gone to the police. I know, but rightly or wrongly, I, I didn't. Ah. 
Why are you telling me all this, Dr. Kahima? Because you've got to believe me, Mr. Temple. Mrs. Trevelyan is not Alex. Temple? Hello, Latham. I hope I haven't disturbed you. No, no, of course not. Uh, come in. I say, I do hope I haven't got you out of bed. No. As a matter of fact, I was dozing in front of the fire. Here, let me take your coat. Ah, thanks very much. Uh, in here. Ah, now that's what I call a fire. <laughs> uh, what would you like to drink? Uh, whiskey? Sherry? Brandy? Gin? Uh, vodka? Rum? What? No port? <laughs> I'm afraid I'm right out of port just at the moment. Well, I won't have anything, thanks. Oh, okay. Uh, you know you were quite right, Latham. Right? Uh, about what? About that girl. It was the girl in brown. Good Lord. Well, what did she say? Did she tell you why she'd been following... What is it? What's happened, Temple? She's dead. Murdered. Murdered? You mean that she was already dead when you got home? Yes. But this is terrible. Who was she, Temple? I don't know. You don't know? But you must know. Didn't you search the body? No. But why not? Because I think she'd already been searched by Inspector Crane. Inspector Crane? But she couldn't have been. Uh, unless he was already there when you arrived. He was. He apparently arrived on the scene just after the girl was murdered. Did he see anyone? No. But what was Crane doing at your house? It seems he wanted to see me. He just missed us at Luigi's. I see. How long have you known Crane? Oh, not very long. Why do you ask? You don't think that he shot the girl? Why on earth should he? Incidentally, how did you know that she was shot? Hmm? I said, how did you know that she was shot? Why, you, you said so. No. I said she'd been murdered. Well, murdered, shot, it's the same thing? No, not exactly the same. I mean, she might have been strangled or stabbed or even poisoned. Yes, I suppose she might have been. I never thought of that. I say, look here, you don't think that I had anything to do with this business, do you? Well, had you? Of course I hadn't. What happened after you left Luigi's? Did you come straight back here? Yes, of course I did. But don't ask me to prove it. Why not? Well, no one saw me come in. And since my housekeeper happens to be away... Ah, but I couldn't have done it, could I? What do you mean? You left me at Luigi's. Now, I ask you, how could I have got to your place before you and Mrs. Temple arrived? We had a puncture and were delayed. A puncture? That was bad luck. Well, I wouldn't exactly call it bad luck. There was glass right across the entrance to the mews where I'd parked the car. It had obviously been put there. You mean deliberately? Yes. Temple, why did you come here tonight? 
Was it because you thought I had something to do with this business? I came for two reasons. First, because I wanted you to know about the girl, and second, because I think you ought to be warned. Warned? About what? I have a feeling that Alex isn't very favorably impressed by the fact that you consulted me. Alex? But isn't Mrs. Trevelyan Alex? You don't really think that she's Alex? No, no, I don't. I told Mrs. Temple I didn't think that. But she turned up at Hayborn for the 5,000 pounds, so... Temple, if she isn't Alex, then the real Alex must know that I consulted you about the letter. Yes. That's what you meant when you said I ought to be warned. That's what you meant, isn't it? That's what I meant. Y you think I'm in danger, don't you? Don't you? Well? Well? Well, I should certainly watch your step, Latham. about that girl. The girl in brown, wasn't it, Sir Graham? Yes. Did you know that she was an American? I thought she might be. You never actually saw her, though, did you? Not until... Not until that night, no. Carol Regan. Yes. Crane tells me she was pretty well known in the States. Oh, very. She used to work with a man called Myers, Jeff Myers. Myers, yes. I remember reading about him. He was with the FBI. For a while, yes. And then I believe he started up as a sort of... Um, well, I suppose you might call him a private eye. Mm -hmm. Myers is a strange bird, but he's got a pretty good reputation in America. What do you think actually happened that night, Temple? The night she came here? I don't know. But she quite obviously came here with the intention of telling me something of importance. Have you any idea what it was? Hmm. I think perhaps I have. When you telephoned me this morning and invited me to dinner, you said you'd received a letter. Yes, a letter I wanted you to see. It came by the first post. There you are. Don't let Steve see it. I don't want to upset. It's from Alex. Yes. If you value your life, Mr. Temple, stop interfering. This is my first and last warning, Alex. Mm-hmm. This letter was posted in Hampstead, I see. Yes, but it was typed on the usual machine, the one at Canterbury. Mm. Temple, I'm glad you've confided in me about why you went down to Waverley in the first place, but do you think it was a good idea sending that friend of yours down to Canterbury? Oh, you needn't have any qualms about Leo, Sir Graham. He's pretty shrewd. Hmm. When did he go down there? The day before yesterday. Well, I've got a feeling I ought to send someone from the yard. I mean, Bradley or No, Payne. no, don't do that, Sir Graham, please. At least, not yet. Very well. Have you heard from Brent? Yes, of course. We arranged to keep in touch. Well, what's happening? He said he found things most interesting and... Ah, oh, here's the coffee. Oh. oh, don't get up, Sir Graham. It's all right. I can manage. Black or white? Uh, black, please. Black for you, darling. Yes, please. Would you like a look here, Sir Graham? Uh, no, thanks, Temple. That'll be for you, dear. Yes, I think it'll probably be from Canterbury, Sir Graham. Would you like to take the extension? Yes, I would, Temple. It's in the study. You know the way. Yes, of course. Hello? Hello? 
Hello, is that you, Leo? Yeah. Hello, Paul. Well, uh, how's things? Pretty dull. Uh, say, I don't want to be fussy, Paul, but does anything ever happen down here? I thought you said this morning that things were getting warmer. Oh, that was this morning. There's been a deep depression over the district since then. You've seen Chester? Sure. I'm tailing him. Tailing him night and day. But he don't do anything except play golf and run the hotel, and he's not so hot on either. Say, Paul, I don't want to be fussy, but are you sure you're not barking up the wrong tree? Quite sure, Leo. Uh, I think you'd better come back to town. Sure, suits me. See you tomorrow, then, Paul. Yes, all right. What's the matter, darling? Has something happened? Uh, you heard all right, Sir Graham? Yes, but quite frankly, Temple, I can't say I'm particularly impressed by your friend, Mr. Brent. That wasn't my friend, Mr. Brent. What do you mean? But, Paul, I could hear the voice myself. I'm sure it was Leo. No, it wasn't Leo. I'm sure it wasn't. He kept calling me Paul all the time. Mm -hmm. Leo doesn't do that, darling. He's never done it. It's Temple, always Temple. Oh. Steve, tell Ricky to pack a bag. Pack a bag? We're not going down to Canterbury, are we? We are. Tonight? Tonight, Sir Graham. Good evening, sir. Good evening. I think you have a reservation for me. I telephoned from London. Mr. Temple. That's right. Certainly, Mr. Temple. Would you mind registering, sir? Yes, of course. Oh, good evening, madam. Good evening. Nice evening for once, isn't it? Yes, madam, it is. Uh, would it be possible for me to have a word with Mr. Chester? Mr. Chester isn't here, sir. He's on holiday. Oh? He left this afternoon, sir, about four o'clock. Is there anything I can do? Uh, no. No, that's all right, thank you. Room 32, sir. Ah, oh, thank you. Oh, hello, Davis. Hello, Mr. Temple. Mrs. Temple? Yeah. Have you both just arrived? Yes, I thought we might bump into you. You told us that you were coming down here. Aren't you feeling well, Mr. Davis? No, I'm afraid I've been under the weather, Mrs. Temple. Oh, sorry. Are you staying down here for long? Just for the one night, I think. I see. Uh, room 32, you said? Yes, sir, 32. Uh, we, uh, we might meet tomorrow morning, perhaps, at breakfast? Yes, by all means. Ready, darling? Yes, sir. Good night, Mr. Davis. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Thomas, I was out this afternoon when the post arrived, and I was wondering if by any chance... Oh, it's past 31, so... Oh, here we are. 32. Yes. Steve, listen. Hmm? Wait in the room until the boy arrives with the luggage and... Uh... Darling, where are you going? I'm going down to Leo's room. It's on the next floor. Did he tell you the number? Yes, it's 14. I'll be back in two or three minutes. Now, don't worry. Well, I'm sure about one thing. You were quite right, darling. It couldn't have been Leo on the phone tonight, because if it was, he'd have told you about Chester. Yeah, darling, here's the boy with the luggage. I shan't be long. Okay. Sorry, darling. Oh, you made me jump. <coughs> uh, did you see Leo? 
No, I found his room all right. There was no sign of Leo. When he didn't answer, I tried the door and it wasn't locked, so I slipped in to have a quick look round. Did anyone see you? No, I was nearly caught coming out of the room, but I managed to duck back in time. Anyway, you remember what Leo said at Luigi's? It's mm. all done... Oh, by mirror. Uh-huh. You mean he left a note for you behind the dressing table mirror? Yes. And what does it say? Well, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. God, I'm out of breath. Now, <clears throat> let's see. Dear Temple, this is just in case I can't phone you tonight as arranged. This morning, Chester paid a visit to... What was that word, darling? Paid a visit to... Claywood. Claywood Mill. I have reason to believe that he is going there again this afternoon. The mill is supposed to be derelict. But I have a feeling it is here. Oh, this terrible writing. It is here. What's this? It's here that that Chester contacts Alex. The mill is about 16 miles from Faversham and four from Moondale. It stands by the side of a wood... Claywood Mill. Of course. Do you remember that night, the night we found Spider Williams? Oh, goodness, yes. Before we got back onto the main road, we passed a wood on the left-hand side. Mm. There was a mill not far from the wood. An old mill with a broken-down water wheel. Yes, I remember. And Spider said he saw Alex. So Alex must have been waiting for us. He must have been at the mill waiting until the accident happened. What is it for? Did you pack a torch, Steve? Yes. There's one here, and there's a big one in the car. Good. Get your coat, dear. Where are we going? Well, where do you think we're going? Claywood Mill. Oh, gosh. My shoes are muddy. Thank goodness you had the sense to put on thick shoes, Steve. This place is certainly derelict. Yes. It doesn't look as if it's been used for ages. Where's the entrance for? I don't know unless... Ah, there it is. Oh, dear. What's the matter? Well, you've you've got to get across the water to get to it. Well, there's a bridge. (laughs) If you can call that a bridge. (laughs) Come on, give me a hand. Now, go slowly, darling. I'm always nervous of this sort of thing. (laughs) Nonsense. It's as safe as houses. I hope. Now, take it steady. Don't rush things. I've no intention of rushing things. What was that? It's all right. I only kicked a pebble into the water. Oh, we're across. Yes, but we've still got to get back again. Oh, you (laughs) beast. This is a pretty grim-looking place at close quarters, isn't it? It's more like an old castle than a mill. The water wheel doesn't look as if it's been used for centuries. I'm not so sure about that. Hold my hand, darling. I want to clean across. Hold tight. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well? The wheel's been used. Fairly recently, too, if I'm any judge. There's oil right across the crankshaft. What on earth could it have been used for? I don't know. There's some sort of pump attached to it. Come on, let's take a look inside. Now, wait a moment. Don't come in for a second. Stay where you are. 
Can you see anything? No, the place certainly looks deserted. Okay, Steve, you can come in now. Smells awfully musty, isn't it? Yes, it's damp. Not quite so big inside as I imagined. No. That looks like a loft over there, but I can't see any means of getting... Steve, listen. What is it? Listen. Leo Brent. Yes, Leo. Leo, where are you? It's Temple. Where are you? Temple. I can't get up. I've broken my leg. Where are you? Where are you, Leo? I'm in the basement. There's a trap door, Temple. You'll see it. It's in the middle of the floor. Yeah, flash the torch over here, darling. There it is. You can see the iron ring. Yes. Where are you, Leo? I'm over in the corner. Flash your torch down a little and over to the right. There he is, Paul. Yes, by Timothy, you look as if you caught a packet. You're telling me. I've been shouting my guts out for the last six hours. This leg's giving me hell. I'm coming down, Leo. I'll be careful. It's only a wooden ladder. You stay here, Steve. Watch your step, Temple. Be careful, darling. Boy, am I glad to see you. Talk about a miracle. I was just about to give up all hope of ever. Say, how come you got wise to this place anyway? Well, when I got your note... What note? The note you stuck behind the mirror on your dressing table. I didn't write any note. You didn't? No. Well, somebody did and planted it behind the mirror. And deliberately left the Yale catch-up so that I could get into your room. Temple! Steve! What is it? My God, Temple, they've closed the trap! Well, can't you open it? No, it... It it won't... Steve! 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 Temple, what's that? It's the wheel. The wire wheel? Well, what's the idea? What are they up to? I don't know. Look, Temple. They're going to flood the place. They're pumping water into the cellar. We've got to get out of here. But we don't. And by God, we're trapped. Steve! Steve! That was the seventh episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Sir Graham Forbes was played by James Thomason and Leo Brent by Dennis Hawthorne. The serial was produced in London by Martin C. Webster. <laughs>